It's time to grab your book and your chicken. Snatch 22 Podcast. Hello and welcome to Snatch 22 Podcast, where we read and rail on ridiculous erotica. I'm Groy. <laughs> I'm Tatiana. I'm Jess. Can I get a do-over? <laughs> I'm no, drunk. No, I liked that. A different, you had very different I feel like you're trying there. very hard. I tried. Ridiculous I feel, I feel erotica. I'm boring through me. These knowing faces like, here, this bitch goes again with her words. Like, God forbid she'd switch it up a bit. Oh, God. Can she keep our relationship fresh? <laughs> oh, I am thrilled to say that we're near relatively two pounds worth of fried chicken. That's in my potato body. Wedges. <laughs> because we have opted to read KFC's Mother Day erotic novella. Mother's, Mother's Day. Day. Mother's Day. My Mother Day. Mother Let me tell you about the Mother Day. <laughs> it was a this day, that day, or a Mother, Mother Day. Day. <laughs> it is called Tender Wings of Desire. Claimed to be written by Colonel Harlan Sanders, but was actually written by badass woman Catherine E. Kovac. Woo! Yeah! She's a badass bitch, and she's about to bitch it up. She is about to bitch it up, and I cannot wait for her to bitch. Um, We're going to be reading chapters one to six this week. We got a two-parter, because this is pretty long. It's almost, in its print form, is nearly 100 pages. Yeah, which is a lot for us, because our brains can't handle that much. We no. can't read. Well, apparently I can't. <laughs> Mother Day. Mother, Mother Day. Day. Happy Mother Day. Day. I love that. That's why I read to you, Angel. Of course. You don't need to read. Reading is for the dumb people. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Interestingly enough, you will learn hard and fast that this book is more or less smut-free. <laughs> yeah, we didn't know about it. We didn't know. So we're going to make it money on our own. We're going to imagine what could have happened. Yeah, we'll, we'll pull out some could haves. If you like Pride and Prejudice, you win for a treat. No, no, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely one of the more, I don't know, I do feel absorbed into the world. I just wish I understood totally. what, like, I, I, I give her so much credit for not being Exposition City and being like, I just can't believe I'm sitting here today of 1906. On a Wednesday, <laughs> you know, like okay, yes, you know, I'm good. I'm to be sold for money, not for love. Yeah, it's like <laughs> good for her for not making an expedition, but it would just be nice to have, like, I don't know, a clue of what decade we're in, what century we're in. I think we started assuming like what, like late 1800s, yeah, maybe? Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, time. that's what I would say. And so England in the UK somewhere. Yes, because yeah, she's been to London. The, they talk about the Channel. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm the assuming channel, they mean the, the English channel. Yes. The you have to understand, when I started reading, when I, when I read DeCroix at times, unless I'm getting very drunk, <laughs> I, I try to make um, the voices. Like, I try, to, I try to keep it real. So what I thought this was going to be because of KFC and stuff, I thought it started off in, like, Plantation South. I could see that. Right? So I started oh. off with my accent. I was like, ooh, Madison, who's our main character. And I started talking, and then it started to become very clear that this was not in the South. It's not but in, in fact, South. in Britain. What? And then it changed. Yeah, but that voice, too, is not really the class that we're talking this about. This is here. class in Britain. Oi, oi, oi. Or Kentucky Fried Chicken. Oh, God. I was thinking because of the lack of smoot of erotic activities. Porn. I have some ideas brewing and I might write us something up next week. I have, <gasps> oh. I have like a list of random things that I've been like, oh, that could be interesting. Might Jess be interesting. is pretty super. Jess is on the wagon. I'm, I'm not, I, it might not happen, um, but so don't get your hopes up, but it might happen. No, I just love that we'll you were, see. you were the babiest of us all. You were the smut freest of us all. Yeah. And now you are like queen literary smut writer. I'm going to, we'll see, we'll see what I can come up with. People, anyone who's listening who feels like posting on our fan, like, Facebook page or anything, give us some recommendations for Jess to write about because it's going to be hot and smutty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just let us know. Don't be shy. Please, God. I think we're all coming up. For the love of Jesus. We're all coming up on another erotica challenge. We know Jess will crush it. And uh, Corey and Tati will do their best. (laughs) (laughs) Try our hardest. There will be puns. (laughs) For sure. So let's dive into this delightfully smut-free British expedition into Tender Wings of Desire. Written by Colonel Harlan Sanders, also known as Catherine E. Kovac. Chapters that, one through six. Is that the Colonel's first name? Is Harlan? 
Absolutely. Did have you look no that up? Idea. No, it's that's what is on the cover of the book. It's written by Harlan Sanders. Well, like, in, well, let's look that up. Is that, that up? Are you looking it up? Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll stop. Like in the actual erotica? In, no, no, in, in the life. actual life. Like Colonel the Sanders Colonel. Is a person. Oh! Colonel, Colonel Harlan David Sanders. David. Harlan that's his name. David. Dave. He's an actual person. He was he an was. American is. businessman. He was born in 1890 and died in 1980. That's weird. So he's not. We never had a chance of knowing him. Know. He was 10 years early. An older man. He, he was an, his name is Colonel Harlan David Sanders, and it was an American businessman best known for founding the fast food chicken restaurant called KFC. This episode brought to you by KFC! KFC. Um, and then later acting as the brand ambassador's symbol. Um, he, that, this is apparently what he looked like. It's a portrait of him. Oh, God. That's- he really is there any like young Colonel Sanders pictures we can get our hands on? Any shirtless? Send nudes. <laughs> Send nudes. Uh, this picture right here is painted by Norman Rockwell. Oh, he's what? a cool guy. He died of pneumonia and leukemia. Norman Rockwell? No. Okay. Pneumonia Rockwell? Pneumonia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Gross. Mm-hmm. I'll, stop. I'll stop myself. <laughs> three children. Oh. Named. Tatiana, Tatiana, and Tatiana. <laughs> um, that might take a oh, Let's see. No, that might take a while. It might take some time for me to find early life. Well, okay, so we should cast hot Colonel Sanders, even though we're not even going to see him in the first six chapters. Let's make, yeah, let's make he's our assumptions as to what Harlan Sanders, I guess he's we could be cast as. Well, I do love the Rob Lowe version of him in the commercials. I like Vince Vaughn. Yeah. Vince Vaughn is my <laughs> I KFC. don't know if I saw either of these commercials with Rob Lowe as, as the Colonel. Well, that's what the KFC Lowe. has right now, is they're like, Having different cycling through, through hot Hollywood men. Different Hollywood men. Rob Lowe is I would not call Vince Vaughn hot. hot <laughs> really? No, Vince Vaughn I would not call hot either. Oh Almost man. Ever. I was <laughs> younger a little him. bit, but I was into him as a child. So he was younger I mean, and slightly less looking. offensive looking, but Oh, he is handsome. Yeah, there's some pictures where he's great, but then there's some pictures. Oh wow, I would fuck Rob Lowe as Colonel Sanders. Wait, right. hold on. Can we look up a list of the current men who are portraying Colonel Sanders? Can we? I, All I of the um, sexy men. Oh. It's like the chicken Wait, sandwich at no. KFC. The first thing that showed up, list of actors who played Colonel Sanders. I can't believe it. Because you just typed Colonel Sanders likely and your computer is terrifying. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. The government's in your butt. The okay. government's in your butt. Rob Lowe. George Hamilton. Hi. There what? was a CGI Colonel Sanders, apparently. Jim Gaffigan. Shut I love Jim Gaffigan. That's bonkers. That is bananas. All right, ladies, shall we dive in? So we, are we casting Rob Lowe as Colonel Sanders? Yeah. All right. It's fine, though, because we still have an entire episode. It's funny <laughs> we can choose somebody else. We can oh, cast all the other men. A can, handsome hand. Can we do improv erotica for the guys who we she could have had sex with, like her brother Winston? Oh, God, her brother Winston. Not Sarah, her. Doesn't so he seem so, so hot? He seemed real hot. And I don't, it, and I felt a lot of sexual tension. And I like how yes! there, was, there was a, we'll, we'll get there, but there was a moment where she specifically said a brotherly kiss. Like, okay, I'm glad that you cleared that up for us. Like, I don't know what all feeling smooch. that tension. <laughs> a brotherly little French. Just a little, a little, a little, a little, a little, a little tongue between siblings. Ew, yeah. <laughs> That's a little tongue oh, between it's siblings. tender. Okay. Yes, the tender, tender tongue wings. of desire. All right. Let us crack open the book and begin. Crack. Lady crack. Madeline Parker hates embroidery, we learn right off the bat. She doesn't understand the process of jamming a needle and thread through some fabric, and according to her mama, embroidery is for the maid. She says mama too, which I what? really was like, this is going to be mama. 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 Right, is that, is that a British mama? mama. Yeah, El mama. mama. I usually mum or mummy would mum. be more. You could mum. do like mummy. Mama. But, mama. 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 Mama would be more French. Mum. Am I stupid? Mummy. 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 Uh, mama. It'd be like mama. Yeah. But there'd be like an accent. Papa, Mama, yeah, think of Oliver. He's like, I'm hungry, Mama. Papa. Please, sir, I want some more. Your name's Kentucky Fried Man Boy. What's his name? Colonel Sanders. Man Boy. Kentucky Fried Man Boy. The sexiest of his kind. We should make a, 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 a callboy service called Kentucky Fried Man Boy. <laughs> Please? Can't. That sounds sweet and Some salty. sweet southern phone sex with a gentleman. Ooh, Ooh hello. Mm. All played by us. Voiced by us. Yes. <laughs> I'm putting I down my riding crop. <laughs> gonna crop your field. Uh-huh. I'm gonna adjust my suspenders to hold up my massive girth. 
Oh. <laughs> it's his big belly, not his penis. Oh god, is this his dick around his oh, shoulders. Oh, is that what you were thinking? No, but now I am. He got him from the Walmart. The Walmart. Oh, wait, the Walmart. which one were you thinking? Were you thinking the girth of his dick, or were you his thinking big fat tummy? Oh, I definitely thought. I was like, oh my I god, you about his dick too. Oh That's no. You know what? It's great either way. Mm-hmm. Either way, it's fair. Hey, love is blind. <laughs> boy, boy, should it be? Boy, should it be? Yeah. So we have Lady Madeline Parker. I'm so glad we got one sentence in. Um, <laughs> Lady Madeline Parker is embroidering. Uh, she says it's for the maids. So instead, Lady Madeline Parker says her rich, happy ass in the library and laments about how she isn't good at things that apparently matter. She throws her embroidery hoop across the room and is chastised by her sister Victoria. So we're going to cast Victoria Justice and Madeline Justice in these roles because they oh are beautiful God. little dames. And their names are the exact same Isn't as that weird? Corey actually pointed that out to me. I was like, what's random cop? I really didn't. I, but the funny thing is, is the character, and uh, it doesn't end up being like Victoria, but Victoria's character was like, look how beautiful and wonderful she is. I was like, of course Victoria is that character. <laughs> so I thought of that, but I didn't associate that Madison. That's the bitch. That's like a random sister name, that too. Is. Oh, you're, her, it's Madison. Her name is Madeline. But they shortened it to Maddie. Maddie. Damn it, we were so close. Can we still cast her anyway? Sure. Yeah, they're both precious. It's fine. They're, they're, they're beautiful little ladies. It's funny because they don't look anything like that how they described. Yeah, and they're, no. just, they're mostly creamy and pasty. They're long, black-haired men. <laughs> <laughs> From Detroit. Maddie Victoria Justice, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> no, they're, they're sweet little names. Madeline was already overshadowed by Victoria's accomplishments like playing the harp and the piano, dancing, doing motherfucking embroideries, and other feminine things. But Madeline was clever as hell, super witty, and could ride better than most people. Winkity wink, 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 wink. If in, only we would ever know. In ton. Do you know yeah, what that I means? That, do you look that up? T O N N E just came up as the British way to say ton. Like, yeah, like a, so what does that like mean? Like a weight. Yeah, but we almost translated it like town because they're saying, like, her mother is the prettiest woman in ton. So, like, it must be in town. Like, right? I thought it was maybe if it was a capitalized, then I would be like, it's just the name of the town. Yeah, uh, but it's not well, capitalized. Yeah, it's not. Or if it was T-O-W-N-E, like the ye olde E. Yeah. Right. I don't understand. We could not find it anywhere. What is pretend to be yeah, It just town? says that... Catherine, if you're listening, <laughs> tell, tell us what ton means. What means. I mean, because it, it says T-O-N-N-E is the same as T-O-N. Oh, wait, 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 wait. What? What? There is a word, the ton is a term, T-O-N, is a term commonly used to refer to Britain's high society during late Regency and the reign of George IV and later. Is a French word that means manners or style and is pronounced in the French pain. Show me. Show the French pain. Le bon ton. Le bon ton. Uh-huh. Oh. Is that oh. what it is? I guess just... I don't sure. know. Sure. Sure. Like, why not, though? I accept it. Maybe? I don't know. At any rate, Victoria wants to get married, and Madeline is excited and prepared to be a lonely little spinster, but her parents want her to marry the Duke. She's currently courting Duke Reginald Lewis, Duke of Sainsbury. He's tall with blonde hair, presumably handsome, because he looks like a fairy tale princess. So let's cast him! Oh, princess. (laughs) He's a prince, a fairy tale prince with a wiener. Wait, who? Um, Duke Reginald, Reginald he's Lewis of Sainsbury. Blonde hair, right? He's blonde he's and tall. tall and blonde. I like and to imagine princely. he looks like um, Prince Valium. From <laughs> <Space> <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> right with that bowl cut or whatever the hell he's got. Come um, back! <laughs> <laughs> that was a, a phenomenal impression of Prince Valium. Um, yeah, so we could cast him, or maybe we could make him someone hot just for all of us. <sighs> Who's hot? Wait, you feel so. Mm, I don't- what, what, what? I was just saying, yeah. you feel bad for him. So. I know, you do. I wish you, I, there well, was no reason she couldn't make a kind of and sensitive. And young? Who's and young so, and hot? <laughs> and sensitive. I do wish that they had made him kind of a bad person, because I feel really bad for him. I honestly feel, we'll, we'll, get, we'll, we'll get to it. Jubal. Jubal has sad eyes. <gasps> oh, oh, he's yeah. so, he's yeah. miserably attractive. You know, oh, who also, who has sad eyes is Jake Gyllenhaal. He's got sad baby eyes. He he's too googly for. I, I, I know. agree. I think he's too I think, moody. I think he doesn't look like a prince. Jude Law seems to have that kind of stoic duke like. Oh, uh, wouldn't we all Oof. just wear him like a? I'd let him take a duke on my boy. chest. Boy. What? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say anything. Corey Bourbon signing out. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> wear him like a hat. Well, uh, do we want to go with Jude Law? Yes. 
Well, uh, can we just wait for the spaceship? Who's <laughs> <laughs> landed? So we, we want to go with the uh, we want to go with Jude Law. Jude Law. Yum. All right, great. In Madeline's opinion, quote: He looks like a vanilla biscuit. <laughs> Jude Law. I, for- I forgot about it, vanilla biscuit. Is she into that dark chocolate? Can we cast a swing counterpart like Madeline's dream? <laughs> just Tyrese. I just Elba. Ooh. Ooh. And so talented. Oh, so talented. God, get it, girl. Oh. How about the little boy from Stranger Things? Oh, he's so cute. He's, he's also nice. <laughs> we'll put him on stilts, throw a prosthetic dick on him. He's great. Oh, I, was <laughs> I really was joking. Oh, boy. Well, that comment and the one in the book sent Victoria over the edge. And she yells at Madeline for the comment, saying that he could be her only chance. Apparently, they are both young and, and hot. hot. Thank they, God we know that. Uh-huh. These ladies got the town eating out their little mitts. They got pale, dewy skin, Bright green eyes and heart-shaped faces. Just like and Victoria Heine. Justice and Matt. No, just what? <laughs> yeah, not even. No, you yeah, say they're like Puerto that. Rican? Yeah, yeah, they're Puerto Rican. I think that they're mixed, but I think they're, they're Puerto Rican. Nothing like blonde-haired, green-eyed Puerto Rican women. <laughs> Pale as shit. What does a heart-shaped face look like? I mean, shit-shaped like a heart. <laughs> no shit, Sherlock. I mean, like, it's obviously not like a little... <laughs> it's Reese Witherspoon. I think they always say that she has it's a like, heart-shaped face. It's like, she have a wide top and then a narrow, strong jaw. What shaped face do I have? I never knew that. Um, look over here. Maybe you are a uh, an amoeba. I don't know. <laughs> Why would you say if, that? You I don't know. You can't tell by the pictures, but I'm actually just a blob. I'm, I'm, I don't I'm a waterbed. You ever, see, you ever see the Herculoids? You remember the Herculoids? The two big amorphous blobs Stop, that hang out with them? like that. I want to hear it. That's me. No, look over here. I wonder if she's actually, you might be heart-shaped, I was right? going to say, you might actually be heart-shaped, because you kind of have a Reese Witherspoony head-shaped yeah, face. Yeah, yeah, because your chin goes out like this. Oh, I would say, because you, you, you have a delicate, a sh- strong chin. She doesn't have a square face, right? Definitely no, because you're not Kira Knightley. She's actually a Lego. You are like <laughs> she's so beautiful. She is beautiful. She's the most beautiful Lego like, I've ever seen. <laughs> but she's a Lego. Whereas, so is Natalie Portman. They're both Legos. Lego, my Lego. Her head is just a brick. <laughs> she's so beautiful and so fucking she talented. She is so beautiful and brilliant. I think that I need to be famous, talented, and go to Harvard. I think I just need to. You <laughs> should make them Alrighty, why don't we all just kill ourselves? <laughs> Not worth it. In addition, <laughs> in addition to their heart-shaped faces and high knees, Madeline has brown curls and Victoria has golden braided hair. Puerto Rico. They, Puerto also, have, <laughs> they also have incredible taste in fashion. But like, let's talk pubes. They never mentioned them. So you got any? They got a bush landing strip. What do you think they have? At that time, they well, absolutely just, have pubes. Yeah. pubes. They don't. They don't. They don't. They didn't do that. You never know. Uh, Madeline's a strong, independent woman. We know that Victoria is drowning in pubes, but maybe Madeline. <laughs> maybe Madeline shaped hers. Uh, maybe what? I don't know. Into a, a shape knife of a heart. To homie, match her they, homie, they didn't Turn even have. The they didn't draw their own baths. But men where do you think she shaved herself? No, Eliza shaved if for I, her. Exactly. I'm like, if I didn't have <laughs> to shave, and a woman so... would shave my vagina for me, you better believe I would ask for stars. Spread them. <laughs> I would have a man's face shaved into my pubes. You know, I think it's funny though about the um, the girls is as annoying as it is to see women be described. It's like, well, to exposition how hot they are. How hard was it in our last book, the festival? I to literally know nothing, nothing about how they looked. It was uncomfortable. No, we had to make assumptions that we Judas assumptions. is in Old Long Island. <laughs> Apparently, Judas with a list. <laughs> Judah, Judah, Judah. <laughs> but this strong ass woman, you check this out, Madeline. Quote: Madeline does not get why Victoria cares so much about finding a husband and settling down, and God forbid, having a baby. Preach, yeah, yeah, yeah. baby girl. This freaks Victoria out, and she said she should be so lucky if the Duke accepts her hand. To which Madeline says, I believe it is up to me to accept his hand. Like, slaying it. <laughs> Although, in this situation, it's interesting with class because if he's a higher class than her, it, privilege wise, it, she would be lucky to have that security. Like, sure. It's like, that's what's so tough is I totally support her right to, like, you deserve to find happiness and love and passion. But for but the time period, it's like, I understand why. realistic, do- girl. Right? Yeah. Like, you don't know how to do anything. Like, don't fuck your family over. You can't play the yeah. piano or the harp. What are you going to do yeah. with your yeah. life? You don't even, like, needlepoint, bitch. Yeah, you can't even dance like your feet are not touching the floor like your sister Victoria, oh which is mentioned. Oh, my God. <laughs> your sister can't flow. Oh your sister is made of helium. Fuck! Um, her butt is so high Because <laughs> she's so high. High above me. It's she's so lovely. Yep. Madeline reflects on how she felt when she realized that she's of the marriageable age. 
And then she was on a one-way path to domesticationville with Reginald Lewis, and nothing freaked her out more. She wants to travel and see the world and do all kinds of things. But Victoria's like, uh, no, traveling is for the honeymoon. Yuck. <laughs> but wouldn't it be great to travel on the honeymoon? Um, I mean, it'd be great, but if that's your one fucking time. Ooh, and when they describe their honeymoon, my ovaries shut down. But it's okay. <laughs> Madeline doesn't understand how Reginald Lewis could love her from going on little walks around a garden. And Victoria's like, come on, love comes later. So, like, where does it start? So, this, the, the nursery rhyme, first look comes love, is a lie. First comes love, then, then comes Yeah, marriage. you right. Then she comes never baby and that. the baby cares. What is even the predecessor to that? First comes. K-I-S-S-I-N-G. Yeah. Man. Well, I just got rocketed into my past. Like, I just got jump-started to being seven. K-I-S-S-I-N-G. First comes marriage, then comes hopefully love and security, then comes babies and regret. K-I-S-S-I-N-G. K-I-S-S. Life, life, life. It was definitely a very different time where people married for status and money, which I guess still happens now. But I mean, you feel her. If she married Reginald Lewis, she would be a motherfucking duchess, which is dreams, dreams, dreams. But also, she wants to she love travel, somebody. Right? I mean, as a duchess? Well, Unless he like shackles her up. But, but that was the thing that. Like no, exactly. That was my big complaint with, with just the, the character arc. And granted, she could be a more passive aggressive character. Like that, that is very possible. But there's like no opportunity. Like, don't make him a villain when you haven't asked him for anything or told him that these are things that I love because I feel like he's got the money and the luxury of doing stuff. Why wouldn't he take her around the world? Right, yeah. If that's your only really big concern, especially at this time, and she does mention, she's like, well, he's handsome and he's not, he's very nice. He's not nice. done anything wrong. He has anything wrong and he's also not like abusive. Like how she's mentioned other stories of men like being, being abusive, abusive and hitting and you know, like he's just not... They don't have instant chemistry. He doesn't yeah. give her butterflies whenever he touches her. Butterflies are a luxury, you piece of shit. <laughs> Flutterby. This is Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> God damn it. Well, beyond that, Madeline didn't feel like she was old enough to make these decisions. She was nine. Victoria. Well, she's saying, like, Victoria knew from birth that she wanted to marry, like, an earl or a baron. From or birth. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, anybody with a title and Mad Cheddar. Mad Cheddar. Uh. Oh. Uh. Oh. Sister. Oh. Her parents are plotting and planning to give Madeline away to the highest bidder, which makes Victoria very jealous. But Madeline is just jealous that Victoria gets a few more years to horse around and figure out what she wants. But she's like, oh yeah, Reginald's nice and lovely. He doesn't beat anybody. But the, but the passion is name. missing. And he just thinks she might not be the right one for her. She's actually hella jealous that her brother Winston, sexy ass motherfucking Winston, who Ugh. we I'm so sorry. We already cast him as Adrian Grenier. I have no idea. Who From an entourage, I'm, pull, I'm pulling please. it up. I'm pulling it up. I'm pulling it up. I'm pulling it up. Adrian Grenier is a curly-haired, sparkly-eyed, ass-chinned tan god. God. He's like, which he's... I don't think, honestly, though, he probably wouldn't be tan because they're oh. all British. So this is probably inaccurate on that. But the, the eyes know? and the hair are nice. He was in You Drive Me Crazy. He was. Uh, have you seen? Uh, Remember the movie? Oh, the movie, the TV show, Where They're All Assholes. Oh, him. Oh, yeah, he's in um. Uh, uh, Meryl Streep, Anne Hathaway. Princess Diaries! Prada. No. Oh. Meryl Streep is not in the <laughs> Princess Diaries! She took time off. She's like, Let, let's help the little people. Yeah. <laughs> Meryl Streep's like, let me find a demeaning role. Demi wears Prada. Yeah, you're right. He, he was the boyfriend. I forgot mm-hmm. he was the boyfriend in that. Well, we've cast him as Winston, the brother to Madeline and Victoria. Okay. And she wishes she could go to Oxford, live life abroad, and learn. And she wants to go to a university and does not want to be a duchess. They bicker and bicker and bicker, and then their mother, Lady Dahlia Parker, so fancy. What a great name. Swoops in, smooches them. And they make it a point. Every time she enters the room to be like, remember that time she used to be a famous beauty, but now she's an old weathered hag? Which is still attractive <laughs> enough, but yeah. direct quote, everybody. She'll do. Hag. But she's come to share the good news. Duke Reginald Lewis has asked for Madeline's hand in marriage, but hold up. Madeline wanted to be in charge of the decision. Too bad. She's fucking freaking out inside. And she forces a fake smile and objectively is like, I guess this is great news. So she just pretends to be happy. And her mother's like, great, we'll announce it at the ball tomorrow and just dances out of the room. (laughs) She literally (laughs) does dancing. The the thing that's so frustrating about this is like, at the very beginning, they say that Madeline, like she, she, her claim to herself is how she's clever. Yes, I wish they hadn't said that. In the first what, 35 pages that we read, she 
barely speaks. She's speechless. She's she held speechless over and over. She does not speak. And you think that she'd have something to say? Well, maybe this, because since we haven't finished the book yet, maybe it comes out later. Like, maybe her cleverness is being hidden. But like, I wish, because... It's almost like you're setting expectations for us to have this character. I love the idea that, you know, she's not great at art or whatever, but, but she's, she's clever witty. and she's intelligent and, you know, she's outspoken or something. And it's like, well, don't give us those. It'd be like giving someone, like, a meatloaf and being like, here's this lasagna. <laughs> like, hey, well, that's not a lasagna. lasagna. Like, I do love meatloaf, but I, now I was expecting a lasagna and I'm upset. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly like that. That was thank, the greatest analogy. Thank you so much. I'm here all the time. <laughs> You're welcome. We find them later on in the night of the ball. Oh. With Madeline getting dressed up. Something she actually enjoys the end result of. Which she I appreciate pretty. That. I really yeah, like right? that. Because just because you're a strong, independent woman doesn't mean that you don't like to feel pretty. I feel like that's something that often is like, you shouldn't have to be beautiful. You can... Blah. You're a feminist. Take your makeup off. Throw your armpit hair out. I'm absolutely a feminist. And I absolutely. love being pretty. I love mm-hmm. putting on makeup. I love doing my hair. That does not make me any less of a strong, independent young woman. Yeah, because you're doing yes. it for you, motherfucker. God absolutely. damn it. So I, I love that. I like that she said that she likes to feel pretty. I like that she also said she loves balls. Yeah, she says she likes balls. Thank you for my very poignant statement that Uh, I like that she likes balls. Here's the actual quote, just for funsies. Madeline herself did not mind balls. Good to know. (laughs) Very, 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 very good to know. She's all dolled up in a pink petal ball gown with green ribbons and an emerald necklace and looks beautiful. And she just wishes she could feel excited about what's to come. Victoria, however, is freaking the fuck out because this is her first ball she's allowed to go to. She's dressed like a little debutante in a little white gown and she won't probably be able to dance because it's apparently like apocalyptically bad to her father but Why? whatever apocalyptic because she's a child seemed, like she used that word it, it seemed out of it was very extreme well right i mean not that there haven't been apocalypses but at this time was that a sorry <laughs> not that there haven't been <laughs> apocalypse. occasional apocalypse <laughs> things that are apocalyptic well, I just mean, like, at that time period, with the, like, for us, I'd be like, oh, it was literally apocalyptic. Like, I would say that about anything. <laughs> like, this burp, apocalyptic. apocalyptic. Oh, man. Like, but, uh, this moment was Mel Gibson's end of the world. End of the world, <laughs> apocalypto. Um, so, I just, it, it took me out of the moment to be like, do you think this woman, Madeline, in Pride and Prejudice time would be like, this is so apocalyptic. Like, my word. <laughs> I doubt it. And it, she just wants to walk around and talk to people about their travels. Like Mr. Hornsby, who traveled to Bombay. She doesn't talk about boring shit, and she's already dreading it, which girl. <laughs> but she, Jesus Ooh. Christ. I also like that she likes dancing. She does! She loves dancing. It's nice. She's she's really fleshed out. It's not like, I'm the tomboy and only no, the tomboy. Yeah. She's like, I don't like art and sewing and stupid shit, but I do like feeling like a pretty little baby girl. Mm-hmm. So now she enters the ballroom, some rich-ass friend party through for her. Let me try that entire sentence again. As she <laughs> entered the ballroom, that some rich ass friends. As she, <laughs> as she entered the ball, that some rich ass wow. friends through. Her name was announced by the butler. She was excited at the prospect of getting to have a glass of champagne as they announced her engagement, which should have been enough to excite her, but nothing seemed to work. Is she an underage alcoholic or just super bummed? Because a lot feel like she reached for the wine glass and slammed it. She reached for the champagne. Slammed she it. She took a sip of it because she knew that she, she'd get in trouble. She'd get in trouble. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, I she just that. takes a sip of it. I think while Toddy was reading to me, I must have latched on to like, oh man, she's diving in for alcohol and was typing like, <laughs> I wonder if she it did not. No, I think go what, it's try, what, what, what it's trying to say is that like, although they are wealthy, the idea of like champagne is a luxury. Yeah. So like I I don't one of these balls aren't hap- these balls aren't happening all the time. These they're are special shot. balls. They're special balls. So like the idea usually of going anywhere and having a glass of champagne is like it's such a treat. But even that's not making her excited because she's dreading her engagement. Yeah. Well, I think it's that, and also she's how old do you think she is? Like eighteen. Her sister's sixteen. I, I think. think she's established as eighteen. There's there's no reference of her age. I'm, I'm gonna I'm say eighteen. I'm thinking she's eighteen, and so I think the reason that she can drink is because she just turned of age, and also she's. She's engaged, and so I think that that's why she's excited. This is the first time that she can drink. It's not because of. I mean, it might be because of the circumstances, but I think she's excited because she's just never been allowed to drink at the balls before. 
more. That's fair. At the balls! The balls! Drinking but... at the balls is one of my favorite things. She's running away. <laughs> and she's on a horse! <laughs> Persephone. I like that name. Yeah, I did like it too. I wonder if it's like a, a reference. It is. The actual Persephone. To Hades? Yeah. Hades. Uh, Persephone was taken hostage by Hades. Yes. 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 Right? Yes. yes. Okay, cool. Anyway. Her mother is the um, make spring. Isn't that, isn't that her mother? I have no idea. In lore? Oh, okay. I don't remember. That's fine, because that, that's part of why winter and stuff comes. It's, it's supposed to be like, that was, like, they, they shared custody of, she would go with Hades for, for the winter and then go back. And that's why winter existed, because Persephone's mother didn't have her. Oh, that is so sad. So, oh. Earth became, like, winter. Cold and winter. dead. That's mm-hmm. beautiful. I'm pretty sure that, that that's the initial... Anyway, continue. I'm sorry. Zeus and the like, harvest. need to hurry this up. And I'm like, how about um, Greek mythology? mythology lesson. Persephone, also called Cora. Either way, Victoria points out Duke Reginald in his tuxedo with tails and his slicked-ass hair. He approaches the two ladies, and Madeline is living in a pit of disease. He greets her, calls her sweetheart, and slips their arms around her like a little hoopy arm hooky. And she feels nothing as Victoria beams at them both. He compliments them, and they wander off for dinner, where their mom makes some awkward-ass conversation in which they charm and flatter each other, and basically are like, oh, Miss Madeline, so happy. Right, Madeline? And she's like, doy. I can't <laughs> speak. Yes, yeah. I'm happy. I am I'm happy. with you now. <laughs> oh, wow. Wait, is this what we talk about the honeymoon, or can we just get to that? No, that's a little later. Oh, right we'll zoom, zoom. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Madeline basically wants to be ignored, but she knows she's about to be the center of attention because the gong rings, everyone goes to the next room for dinner, and that's where they're going to make the announcement. So Reginald escorts Madeline to the dining room alone. She's feeling awkward as hell because this is her first time in public together. She's freaking out. When they sit at the table, he compliments her. She's drinking some wine to stave off the fear. And she gets super lost in her thoughts. Like, I have to throw parties and have babies and be charming all the time and be perfect. Right when her dad taps his wine glass and is like, hey, everyone, guess who's getting engaged? And is like, Madeline and the Duke. And everyone is fucking staring at them. And he's like, by the way, they're getting married in spring. And she's like, shit, it's February. (laughs) Wow. And Reginald squeezes her hand and her skin crawls. This chapter ends with the quote. She would not admit it then, but that was when her plan began to take hold. Cliffhanger, y'all. What? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, suspense. Tempels. Why did her skin crawl? I feel like that's such a a, a a huge reaction to somebody holding your hand. Probably because it was that pressure of everyone looking at you now, and it's like it's real, and it's like setting in, and just being like, oh. I just feel Look. like I. I'm she really, monster. She made him a monster. I, I I'm really curious to know why the author didn't Catherine right. Catherine, yes. Why Why she didn't... I mean, it's kind of a, a different step to not make the Duke, like, an ass. Because she easily could have mm-hmm. had him be snobby, snooty, disrespectful. Like, even if it wasn't, like, he beats me. Made him be a, a kind a of kind jerk. Of a, yeah, a very hoity-toity, you better could, than now. You know what I mean? interesting. Because even if you don't have... Like, I've gone out on dates with guys who I've had zero chemistry with and didn't find them attractive at all. And my skin didn't crawl. I was just like, man, I can't wait to not be here anymore. You know, but it's just, it is a very strong reaction. It, it seems like it was almost meant for, like, a villain. Like, the Duke from Moulin Rouge. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. The Duke! Oh, so I, I will know. show you. a monster. I don't know. I guess like, maybe it can just only be, like, wrapped around, like, the immense pressure and just, like, fear and anger and all that. I don't know. I don't know. If I was in that time period, I probably would have married him. But just so did you? How are you doing? What just did you just hiccup? <laughs> it was very apocalyptic. Tati's just got hiccups. Oh no, they're so bad. They're so tiny. Oh no! Oh, it hurts. They hurt so bad. Just... You know what else hurts so bad? Madeline's sadness. Okay. Segway. Madeline didn't realize it was a plan until the night before her wedding. You can hiccup loudly. <laughs> It'll be, it'll have, it'll be like a heartbeat in the story of us telling this, the stress. And it's just not like Tati has very dramatic gasps and reactions. Victoria was happily helping her plan everything. No? All right. Uh, and Ma- yes. Damn it! And Madeline just sat aside letting her do it because she wasn't excited. The night before the wedding, the Parkers threw a dinner party where they were all there. The fiancé, his twin sister and brother, Gemma and Gerald, who, let's get this love web going. 
Gemma, the twin sister to Gerald, wants to bang Winston Parker, the brother of Maddie and Victoria. He's handsome in a strapping way. Mm-hmm. Maddie wants to bang Gerald, the twin brother to Gemma, and he wants to be, or she wants to be best friends no, forever. Which Victoria Gemma. wants to bang Gerald. Gerald. Oh, 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 Gemma oh, Gemma and Gerald oh. are siblings, twins. Victoria wants to bang Gerald, the twin brother to Gemma, and she wants, and <gasps> she wants to be best friends forever with Gemma. There it is. Yeah. Madeline wants to not be involved in any of this shit. At the dinner table, I know it is shocking. Uh, right? She's blown away. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> At the dinner table, Winston can tell that Madeline was upset, and everyone else is like, "She's so happy," which I'm like, "Good for you, hot perceptive brother." Winston asks, "Where's the honeymoon planned for?" And Reginald says, mm, "I was considering London in the countryside." Maddie's like, "I've already been there and lived in the country." Except she thought it and didn't comment. <gasps> and everyone's like, "How do you feel about that? Does that sound fun?" And Maddie's like, "That sounds nice." Say so that so that me. Up. Like I understand, like he has not been like demeaning to her. Like, why didn't she just I'm so sorry? <laughs> why didn't she just... They're so <laughs> why did she just tell him, like, oh, that's a nice idea, but <laughs> I am not talking anymore. I'm done. <laughs> Nothing matters. She should have just spoke up politely. <laughs> <laughs> oh I agree. You should just be assertive. You can be assertive and be polite, but it's a lot of pressure. The whole family. But you can't blame him for not knowing when she's not telling him. Of course. And she doesn't even want this honeymoon. She just, whatever. The entire Lewis family eventually leaves, and the Parker mommy gushes about their marriage. They're all talking, and Maddie's like, whoa, I'm going to throw up. She's panicking. So she runs into the library, shuts the door behind her, except Winston sneaks in after her and is like, Baby girl, you don't have to go through with this. Oh Baby God, what girl. What are you talking about? Yeah, real quick. Cool. Like, ha, ha, mama patootie. You don't have to do <laughs> Hey, honey. <laughs> they talk about how some people marry for love and some for money. She asks Winston if he thinks he'll marry for love, and he kind of looks sad and says he hopes he does, and he thinks everyone hopes so. But Maddie's like, no, Victoria doesn't. Whatever. She's butthurt. Winston walks Maddie to her room and tells her she could run off to the circus or something, and he wouldn't blame her. Trying to cheer her up, but also trying to encourage her to do what makes her happy. Mm-hmm. He kisses her brother Lily on what the cheek and heads down to the bedroom. I don't know. Brotherly. A kiss on the cheek is brotherly. Not know. the way I do it. Maddie enters the bedroom, staring at the nightgown laid out by her maid, Eliza, who is also just standing in the corner watching her. And she basically <laughs> short circuits. Eliza goes to unlace her gown, and Maddie's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to put myself to bed tonight. Thanks a lot. Get out of this room. Okay, bye. Uh, bye. Bye, she Felicia. She runs around the room with a bag and starts throwing dresses and shit in there. Puts on a muslin, lame-ass poor people dress, some boots, and a cloak. She sneaks out of her bedroom, sneaks down the stairs, and exits the house. You fucking girl, girl! You fucking run. Maddie crept to the stables and finds a dapple rose gray horse named... Persephone. She pets the horse, saddles her up with her bags, and takes off in the light of the moon. In the light of the moon, I hey. shall ride. Uh, in the light of the moon, <laughs> we will find her. <laughs> in the light of the moon. She knows that she loves her family and would never be allowed back because of this, which is a fucking hard thing to cope with. But she needs to taste her freedom. It's it's so tough because, I mean, it is, it's hard to imagine the time period, but it's like, mm-hmm. it's very, very selfish what she's doing. And granted, we live in a time period where I'm like, yeah, do you be selfish. That's like the best a, thing you can do. But this is also, a, like, now we wouldn't be screwing over our no, families that, by doing this. Like, like, she's fucking over everybody she's and his family. completely screwing over her family. She's breaking the heart of this man. I mean, I don't know if that's something that they well, talk and about. She, yeah, she talks about being like, hey, there's no way he could have loved me, but it's, I can't. But he absolutely could have feelings for her absolutely. just because she didn't. And it's just, I, I don't and. Like, it, like I said, it's a different time period, but it's like, she's just really fucking everything for everyone. Yeah, she's, um, it's tough. Like, just not being able to live your life for yourself in that time period, especially as, like, I don't know, as a woman, you're, like, trained to learn how to do all these great artsy things mm-hmm. so that one day a suitor will be like, mm, you're worth it. I guess I'll buy you. Yeah, so, mm, I'll own you along with your sheep. <laughs> Madeline rides all throughout the night and knows she has to keep moving no matter what. But she feels exhilarated and riding off into an unknown adventure. Eventually, Persephone, the horse, gets tired. So Madeline brings her <laughs> to the, the queen forest. of the underworld. 
<laughs> Madeline brings her into the forest so she can drink water and take a little breaky. Maddie has no idea where they're going, but she knew they were headed towards the sea. She couldn't stop thinking about it. She's never really been, except like as a kid. She could smell the salt. She couldn't stop worrying about her family, though. How would they get out from underneath this scandal, which was totally a thing? Mm. Would they hate her if she was totally ostracized? Did they even realize she was gone yet? Well, what if also Victoria has a harder time getting the meat because they think it's like, yeah. you know, because that's like the time period where people be like, oh, I bet it runs in the family. This you know what craziness. I mean? Like your blood. Yuck. You're all crazy and selfish and whatever. Mm. So, and then she even mentions that like if they caught her, would, would she be forced to get married to him? Would he want that anymore? Would she be sent to a madhouse? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, That's can you imagine? So it's like the, it, the stakes are just so much different. But Well, do you remember in um in Pride and Prejudice, the, uh, the reason why Mr. Darcy and Mr. Bingley and all them leave is because Mr. Darcy sees that her sisters and her mother are crazy, that they're not proper. And oh. so he tells Mr. Bingley, this is not a good match because of her family. So, absolutely. I think that's going to totally fuck things up for Victoria. Well, all she wants to get married. Yeah. That's so, like, so she fucked them up. I'm, I'm unhappy. Not Damn it, Maddie. Please, Maddie. You know, it's tough. It's tough because in different, like, time, it would be obviously very different, like, how we would feel about her. Well, I mean, even if, try and put yourself in her shoes. Like, it's still, no matter what, it's hard for, like, we'll assume she's 18. A like, think girl. if you was an 18 year old girl mm. to be like, I don't love this person. It, I literally get sick to his touch. Like, I can't, I don't want to marry him. I don't love him. This is the rest of my life. I don't want to have babies. Like, all this shit. And then to be like, I have to do it for all the people around me. That will make them happy. But I'm miserable. It's so hard. It is so hard. But I just have a hard time with if they made him a villain, like if he was beating her, yeah. Yeah. or even what was, was a jerk, or he wasn't as high of a status, it's like, Really, her big thing was that she wanted to travel. Which it's not It's not even that her genuine done. passion was, I want to find love. I want to find passion. She wanted to travel, which she could have asked him, you want to find someone who could travel better than a rich guy? <laughs> Who's got nothing better to do? That guy. Yeah, I guess unless, I, and again, because he sounds decent and we just don't know anything about him, unless he was like, well, I just want you to be my oven and basically take care of my kids. Yeah, and make them. Make yeah, the babies. Exactly. Well, so, but since we don't know anything about him or their dynamic or what yeah. he would have wanted, it's so hard to feel complete empathy for her situation because it's like, all right, mm. this is a different time period. Women have had to suffer for this. You're marrying a very handsome guy, which is... A hot, a- rich, nice guy. Yeah. With no track record of abuse. Well, you just... Well, also, she doesn't know either. Yeah. She doesn't know either. They haven't spent enough time together. Maybe they could have developed feelings for each other. He, it's not like he had very different belief systems than her or... I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just saying to ruin your entire family's potential, like to ruin your younger sister's chances of getting married, which is all she's ever dreamed of and wanted. Like I couldn't. Oh, it's just so hard. It's hard. Yeah. I think it's 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 hard because we're we and and potentially the author are putting like idea like 21st century ideas on this you know 1800s life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The ideas of having that freedom as a woman, wanting to travel. And she should, absolutely. And she absolutely can, but those are the ideas that we have now. And not that they didn't have those ideas then, but they weren't strong enough to let them leave. I mean, well, I don't know because I didn't live then, but I think we're we're putting these ideas that we have in our heads today on these characters in the 1800s, yeah. which wouldn't happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, even if she felt that way, and even if this person existed, let's say this is all a true story, and did this, Right now, like, if I was like, I don't want to marry this person or something, it's not like it would ruin my sister's chances or, right. or ruin my mom, my parents' financial security because that a lot of times there was trading with money and property and stuff with that stuff went on. So I'm not ruining anyone's day other than my own. <laughs> so it's just, it's an interesting point of view mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, man, girl, I feel for you. You shouldn't have to do this. But man, are you fucking everything Damn. up? Yeah. She, she's got to, she completely has to find and build another life. It's pretty clear that she's fucked from her family. Unless she magically returns. Like, we don't know the second half of the book yet. Unless she just happens to magically return and they're like, we forgive you. With a kernel. Oh. oh. <laughs> so Madeline finds an inn off the main road at night where hopefully nobody that knew her would find her. She could not sleep out of fear of being discovered and being drug off by her hair by her father. You plug anyone else in that situation, Mad Darcy. Absolutely. <laughs> Regardless, she wanted to seem like a simple woman out of her own, or out on her own. She's back on her horse, riding towards the sea the next day, feeling pleased with herself. She needed to be stable on her own two feet in a new town and find a place to work there, which was really exciting to her because she wanted she wanted to earn money to live on. And for her, this is feeling like destiny. 
Finally, Persephone the horse brings Manny to a cliff at the edge of the sea. She looks over and sees the waves crashing below. She steps back a little bit, feels some magic from the sea. Jumps in, dies, and that's the end. <laughs> <laughs> and Reginald Lewis is a mermaid. The end. <laughs> I would mermaid. Why have we not all my mermaid God. porn yet? I'm so Where's the hole? That's what I was about to say. How mouths, mouths are whore. Fish for a head, lady for a bottom. Yeah, but Perfect. where? Where's the penis on a on a merman? The He's got hands and the tongues. The trident. Ooh, God. <laughs> well, she's standing on this cliff, thinking about ah. Oh, Fuck, like, Reginald is literally left at the altar unless they find that she's gone. He did not deserve such heartbreak. So she's she's aware. She's like, he did not deserve this. But then she's like, but was it actually heartbreak? Like, how could it heartbreak when I, he didn't even know me? Like, this isn't how love works. And she goes off on all that. We've already... Uh, she was very cautious of matters of the heart, unlike Victoria, who would have been standing at the altar like a champ. But off in the distance, out of her thoughts, now Maddie sees a little harbor town that she could likely reach by later in the afternoon. So she gets her ass on that horse and rides. And when she gets there, this rich woman sees this little shanty town and is like, how quaint. Oh, it's so run down. How precious. Oh, is this what poor people do? Hmm. I'd like this. Quirky. (laughs) It was right near the water with little busted boats bobbing around and uneven cobblestones. And no one in the city paid her any mind. Yay! She gets what she wanted. She walks down the street and realizes that she's never been on a boat. <laughs> Thanks. She was hit she's by on her boat. Eh. She's going, going fast. Eh. <laughs> she happens upon a small tavern that caters to sailors that come into harbor. Madeline had never been in a tavern, but this felt right. So she ties Persephone <laughs> the horse to a post. That is that's how I feel outside a bar all the time. <laughs> I feel this like feels right. that's an excellent <laughs> tool for any writer, to, for a character to do literally this feels right. This, this feels, feels right. right. It's like it doesn't have to have motivation. Sitting on someone covered in blood holding a knife. This feels, feels right. right. <laughs> we should all use this in our daily lives. <laughs> yes. Justification for everything. <laughs> Maddie enters the dimly lit tavern, and a red-headed woman with dark eyes approaches her and speaks with her gently. Maddie feels super nervous and unsure of herself, but she gathers herself and is like, yo, what's up? Can I have a job? And the woman says, I can't hire you. But the owner, Carson, can. Which we're like, oh, yeah, is this KFC guy? But no. She tells Maddie to hang out at the bar tonight and they can vie for a job for her. The woman introduces herself as C-A-O-I-M-H-E. I I would like you all to think, to to pronounce it how you thought it was. Wait, say it again. C-A-O-I-M-H-E. I'm like, Kaomi. I thought it was Kaomi. But then we looked it up, and boy, were we inaccurate. Did you Google it? No. Okay, it's pronounced Quiva. Quiva? Quiva. Oh, okay, not Quiva. It's very close <laughs> to Quiva. Quiva. There's so Queen many moments in this look where you think that smut is, like, coming. You're like, this is going to come back. This is going to be a pun thing. Like, she loves balls, Quiva, like, any of this shit. And no, no. Not yet, anyway. Maybe half two is just full of dicks and dildos. But, God, like, I really love that. <sighs> Quiva throws Maddie a white apron, saying the owner won't know what who works here and who doesn't work here. Oh, by the way, the owner won't, won't know. <laughs> yeah, he won't. he's never here, and when he is, he's drunk. That's not part of the book at all. Ah! Uh, she welcomes her to his city, the aptly named Missile Thrush by the Sea. <laughs> Missile Thrush. She's Irish, so no wonder her name is Quiva. Quiva. No, Mike. Maddie learns quickly how to bartend. They talk and bond for a bit before Quiva warns Maddie to not be scared of the incoming sailors. They're not as scoundrelly as they think they are. And all of a sudden, Maddie is fucking terrified. Probably because she's only dealt with boring, tight-laced people her time. Reginald. Except for her hot-ass brother. Ugh. Oh, Winston. Winston. God. Just ride his face until he has no teeth. Remember, remember <laughs> in Ghostbusters 2? Have you guys seen Ghostbusters 2? No. Yeah. You've never seen Ghostbusters 2? Sorry. I've seen the Lady Ghostbusters and the original Ghostbusters. Oh, man. I've seen both of those, too. Okay, for my listeners out there, remember the part whenever they're down in the in the train underneath yes, the girls. We and, do. We do remember. And then a big tree. The, and then Winston, the character, is there. And he's, Winston. That's the point of my story. That's it. Oh, that was a good one. Yes, story. <laughs> yes. We love it. That's what I always think of whenever I hear the name Winston is that scene. Winston. And then the train, the ghost train comes flying out of him. And, and Dan Aykroyd's like, did you catch the number? He's like, nope, I missed it. Great. 
You are a brilliant guy. <laughs> You're a visionary. <laughs> a legend. A damn poet. <laughs> My mom's going to appreciate that. She's going to be the only one who finds that funny. Your mom's like, luckily your mom listens to the podcast. So good. Pop culture. Good job. Yay. <laughs> At night, Carson arrives to the tavern called The Admiral's Arms. He is young with brown hair touched by gray. He glances at Maddie, checks to see how much they earn for the night, and then turns right back to Maddie and is like, wait, 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 wait. Who are you? <laughs> oh, bitch, who this? Who are you? Who is like, who this? Who uh, who this? Quiva <laughs> says she needed a helping hand around the place, and she's like, immediately, Carson is like, do you have a house? And Maddie kind of is like, mm, doesn't reply. And Carson says, quote, listen, dearie, I don't know where you've come from or why. I do not know what you're really doing here, or even if you have an answer for that. But you smell like money. And I really... Oh, damn it. Even if you do not know it, and I really hope you will not be bringing trouble to my door. Damn, dude. Fair enough. I also Isn't thought he was going to be the love interest. And yeah, with an I attitude like that. Yeah. Wrong. Do you know why she smells like money? It's because she doesn't smell like shit. <laughs> We're not covered in shit. <laughs> yeah, what? How do you know he's a king? He ain't got shit on him. <laughs> he ain't got shit on him. We're a visionary. <laughs> Movie quotes. Thank God. <laughs> Carson and Quiva give Maddie permission to share Quiva's apartment upstairs in the tavern and lets her stay employed there at the Admiral's Arms. For the first time, she smiled that day, feeling hopeful. And at that moment, a male voice from behind her comments on the newly employed woman at the Admiral's Arms Tavern. Maddie turns around to respond to him, quote, only to come face to face with the most handsome hand she has ever seen. Like hand. 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 hand, I think they meant like a male, like a server maid thing. I really think really? she meant handsome man. I think it's just a typo. Like there are a, there are quite a few typos in this. There's a lot. There's a lot. But of typos. I think that's because like this we, might be a rough draft. This might be a rough draft because oh. we we gained access. This doesn't exist anymore. That's true. If you Catherine Amazon, E. Kovac gave us the motherfucking early script straight from the horse's mouth. So I, I don't want to shit, shit on the typos, especially as like the ones that are like from Amazon that we download that you're like, how the hell did you get to this point? Get past this. You know, like this was obviously, there's no cover to it. It's like almost in a Word document. Like, <laughs> yeah. But like, bless. Uh, I do I do like to imagine that she turned around and he's just got his hand in her face with like a little ring. Charmed. Kiss my ring. And it's made of fried chicken. And sometimes, <laughs> oh, each finger. Or a ketchup packet. <laughs> oh, adorable. The sexiest thing on, not sometimes, one of my favorite things about a man is Hands. Yes! Not a dick ring. Work on hands. Work on hands. Yes, work on hands. It's only strong hands. Like, there's actual proportion to hands that are attractive and not. Like, stubby hands, who could be worker hands, are just not as, like, to me, I like a nice, like, slender, but somewhat muscular hand. That's, like, something I like. I like a rough hand that looks like it has been handling a car for the last 57 years. Absolutely. Mm. And my pussy. For the next 57 years. Pussy and car. Mine's uh, favorite poop. things are pussies and cars. <laughs> My favorite things. Thoughts on this exhilarating cliffhanger and the first half of our, we can't even call it smut now, we have to call it a romantic novella. Romantic. Until yes. half two. I'm enjoying it. I mean, it's a change of pace. I was literally sure. about to say change of pace. I was like, it's definitely a change of pace. It's fun. I enjoyed Pride and Prejudice, so I like I Jane Austen, so too. I'm, I'm oh, feeling the man. time period other I- than... Her, her Wait, did, did you read Pride and Prejudice or did you just watch it? Both, obsessively. Uh, did you watch I, the BBC one? No, I Kira Knightley or Die. Lego Head or Bust. No, go <laughs> with, watch the Colin Firth on BBC. It's literally like word for word with the book. This is and an entirely separate podcast Colin where I'll fight Firth. to the death for that Mr. Darcy. Well, no, I'm not saying that it's wrong. Okay. I'm not saying Kira Knightley's bad, but I'm just saying like if you love the book, the mm-hmm. BBC version with Colin Firth is literally, it's like six episodes that are an hour and a half long and it's like exact book but the way that they fall in love and get married is so lame they're just walking through the garden and he's like i love you and she's like the kira knightley is definitely more romanticized but there's rain (laughs) there's rain in the sky well but in the book but it is like the book i remember reading it and i was i think i was like 11 maybe i was younger when i was reading i was really stoked to read it and it was like so romantic the build up and i was like I just want them to kiss. I was 11. Yeah. I wasn't expecting like boning. You hadn't gotten into smut yet. I might have. But I knew this wasn't that kind months. of books. <laughs> Give me a couple months. And I was and I was waiting for them to kiss. And what I found out is they don't. They don't. That's true. They absolutely don't. They like hold hands and that was it. I was like, I'm sorry. 
No, and in the movie, the, the King Riley one, he's got he's oh. got like rain in his eyelashes. He's, he's like, oh, he's he comes like, you have bewitched me, body and soul. Oh! He's like, I love you, I love you, I love you. I'm like, oh my god, I forgot. I think Croy, my body just stopped. If working. we don't watch Pride and Prejudice after this, oh. I'll just be I'll go be wet alone. Okay, <laughs> no, we can watch Pride and Prejudice. Oh. Do you guys ever watch? Um, this is one of my favorite Jane Austens. Is Sense and Sensibility? I haven't, I haven't seen, seen that it. one. Oh, it's got Alan Rickman. Oh! And he always plays kind of like a dastardly character. Is he He's so sweet. Oh my god, I love him. It's, it's Alan Rickman, Emma Thompson, Kate Winslet, Hugh Grant. Ooh. Oh, um, Grant. Hugh Laurie's in it. Um, Umbridge is in it. Wow. It's like oh, wow. I don't remember her name. It's an all-star cast, and it is so cute. And Alan Rickman plays just the sweetest little man. I recommend watching it. All we'll right. have to have a right. Jane Austen time. We'll have a Jane Austen day. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. good job. My gas is on fire today. How fun My would that be to record and like fire. comment on the movie as we're going? That'd be fun. Oh, we would like a little commentary. Absolutely. Ooh, I'm in it to work. Gravy Live. We can. Hey. Speaking of Gravy Live, we have a live streaming show on gravy.live. G-R-A-V-Y dot L-I-V-E. Be sure to join us once a week. We play games. We tell terrible Tinder stories. We love you and you love us. Follow us on Gravy. Snatch 22 long Gravy. But anyway, due to the impossible lack of smut in this, we're going to be doing one of our favorite segments, Urban Dictionary. Internet is for internet is for internet is for For those who don't know what Urban Dictionary is, you can basically type any one to three words in there and it will tell you a disgusting sex move. So what we've done is ask some of our listeners to provide us with basic words, phrases, stuff like that, things they saw, and we're going to make up disgusting and ludicrous sex things to them. Hey. Ladies, from, from SL Proven, we have Millennium Falcon. Oh, for the Star Wars lover in all of us. Oh, that was Star Wars. Yes, yes. So you have to be at um, a, a New Year's party, preferably. <laughs> <laughs> and... What, what you do is you go into a cage, like at a club or, or in your bedroom. It depends on if you've bought a big cage as of recently for two people to fit in. It's a good investment. Uh, always, always. The bigger, the broader, the bronzer, the better. Um, <laughs> and you go in there, you lock yourselves in, in there, and you fuck. Where does the falcon come in? Uh, you're in a cage. <laughs> is there a falcon? You have a tiny cap on your head. Is the falcon in <laughs> your <there> with you? <laughs> You can't see because you get too volatile. <laughs> you have to understand. <laughs> okay. So the Millennium Falcon is whenever you have to have costumes. I'm going to be very <laughs> obvious with this one. Oh, you have good. a Han Solo Ooh. and a Chewbacca costume. Yum. And then... Um, I have a Chewbacca you start- <laughs> We can do this! We can do this! And Park. then you start running around the bedroom and fighting, and then a spectator in the corner of the room goes, let the Wookiee win! And then you start having sex. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. I love it. I have heard of that one. Yeah, I love the references. (laughs) I know it's Star Wars, but the one that I saw on Urban Dictionary for Millennium Falcon Mm -hmm. was you have a woman, you lay her on an operating table, good, okay, and lift it at least twenty to thirty feet in the air, okay. You (laughs) spread her legs absolutely wide open, right? Uh And she also leans her head back as far as she can and holds her mouth open. Oh, Uh okay. And then one thousand falcons. Swoop down, a millennium of falcons. One thousand falcons swoop down and jettison through her vagina and up out of her mouth. And by the time she reaches the last falcon, she has reached orgasm. She's dead. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> well, how do, do you, you think, know how the body? How works? do you think? Yeah, it's through. one straight tube from the vagina <laughs> to the mouth. That's why blowjobs get you pregnant. Right. If you the Millennium Falcon. Spread your legs problem. and look through. You can see out the other side. Absolutely. Always. Like, if, you, if you swallow a burp, it's a queef. <laughs> I know the body. I'm a philanderer. <laughs> I, I'm a philanderer of females. Other people call it experts. Anyway. Hello. Um, from DeMille Mike, we have the purple squid. The purple squib? Squid. Okay. Purple squid. I thought we were going Harry Potter for a second here. To me... What I saw on Urban Dictionary, right, purple squid, is when you grab a man's penis so tightly that it turns purple. I was going to do that too. And then right. you <laughs> extend it and then cut it into six and then you have six squid-like oh my God. tentacle dicks. The purple squid. And then you just 
slap them all around, and that's how that ends. It's kind of like a car wash, but for your face. Okay, so um, <laughs> mine is, is somewhat similar. Okay, good. So um, you get in a ring of six men, good. Um, <laughs> and you put on each of them. Yeah, it's a lot of an investment. It it really way is. Less is this in mind. the cage, too? It could be. Okay. Uh, it and could be if the cage is big enough. enough. If the cage is big enough. So you have them surround you like in a circle. So, you, so the woman is sitting in the middle, or male. It could be either. Mm-hmm. Sitting in the middle, and then they're, they're all around them. And then you put cock rings on all of them, but like multiple cock rings, so it really cuts off that circulation. What is a cock ring? Um, I I mean I can like guess. I just learned yesterday. What does anyway, it do? A cock ring is it is in a fixture that you put around your penis, mm-hmm. and it grasps it a little bit tightly. Mm-hmm. You can get ones that have vibrators in there, so mm-hmm. that it's like external stimulation for the girl. Um, some men will use it to prolong their boner because oh. it like kind of it kind of grabs, and some will use it. To, to hold a boner dog. Like, some people that have erectile dysfunction will mm. use it as a means of, like, trying to hold any blood there possible, whereas some people just use it to extend. But some guys just think the pressure feels good and just use it like a toy where they're feeling, like, a little extra like pressure and the girl is getting... Like, it basically frees up a hand so you don't have to diddle a girl doing sex. And this thing is vibrating for you, so you can be like, yeah, now I can grab you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can grab you. <laughs> My no hand. <laughs> no hand. The more you know, thank you. You're Continue. welcome. Okay, so put cock rings on all of the six men <laughs> in the circle. Um, and then you, you they'll turn purple because of the circulation. You should put a lot of cock rings on it. Like, it's an overwhelming amount. It's an investment. Okay. Um, How much are we talking here? Uh, I'm going to say three per. Three so cock th- rings per person? How per three dollars per cock ring. What? Three dollars per cock ring? I'm, I got me more than three dollars. Nothing is three dollars. How big are how big are they? How <laughs> <laughs> big? They're they're like that big, and then you like stretch them like around. Yeah, you. but, but like not. how tall are they? Like, could you fit? I don't uh, fucking know. Like that big? You're like this big. You're the one who knows the sex. I, I read it on Urban Dictionary. Oh, right, I don't okay. know. Okay. So <laughs> so you put the coffees on these six men until their dicks turn purple, and then um you like um. You, you 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 get you're actually you're also sitting on a skateboard, um, <laughs> and you swivel and you swivel yourself around. And go, <laughs> so it's a different kind of car wash. Less yes. blood, more penises. <laughs> yes, way more happy people. <laughs> How do guys do that? How do you take off our glasses? I know. Just had to fly. Just okay. okay, so the purple squid is um I read it's um it's very similar to the Barney effect. <laughs> it's very similar to the Barney effect. It's another sex move. You um take some some safe paint, you know, you don't want to get anything that's full of um like poisons and stuff, and you you Good. paint your penis purple. Good. And then you you jack it off, and then you have to get enough to create like a, a in a bowl enough, and then you oh! use color. How big of a like a, like a like a little soup bowl. It's a lot. It's an it's a, a t- it's time invested into it's, this. Yeah, you have like two year old cum. Absolutely, right? Not two year old cum. Ew. <laughs> two year old. No, not from children. Like two years have elapsed since. Oh, whatever. Yeah. Continue. So then you dye it black, like actual squid, right? Oh. And the purple squid. And so then you eat it together while you're having sex. <laughs> I thought you were doing a facial route, but you didn't. What a drastic Or you do a facial. That's so funny. <laughs> you just sit around and eat. While you're having sex, it's like cereal. Oh, my God. <laughs> you're going to knock all your teeth out, like being on a man and going like ka-clunk. Like with a spoon <laughs> to you use teeth. a plastic spoon. This is safety. Oh, <laughs> well, thank Christ. <laughs> or you can like, like um, you know, when you finish your cereal and you've got the milk at the end, you're just. <laughs> That's what I But it's gum. No oh. semen is watery unless. Oh God! Oh, God! <laughs> you can mix it with other things. Like if you have consistency issues, you can totally add like water and right? stuff to it. Like condensed milk. That's yeah. my real problem with this whole thing. This whole bowl of digest. <laughs> it's the consistency. That's the only issue I have. And ladies, I thought so. It's not me. It's Urban Dictionary. You I'm are right. You, you are right. I obviously did not come up with that. That'd be weird. <laughs> I would never think of that with my own brain. No. <laughs> no. Please. This is a real dictionary. <laughs> we have from Ender and Thea, biscuits and gravy. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, so here's the, what, it, this also takes a little bit of planning. 
It's always a time investment. So for about a, a month prior, the male in the situation must only be eating steak, coffee, and hard cheese. Did they have a heart attack in this? <laughs> <laughs> Is the whole thing that he died? It's <laughs> worth it. So um, so he's been eating that straight diet for a, a month, a month, and then you have to go to Georgia with your significant other, and you have to get a bed and breakfast. Wait, what's the name of this thing? Biscuits and gravy. I'm so glad that it's set in the South because mine is going to a plantation. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> so you have to go to a bed and breakfast. Um, and this is typically a, a man on man thing, but it can be man with women. Okay. Uh, you know, it's it's fine either way. So um, you so you spread their ass cheeks. Damn not- it! <laughs> You spread their biscuits. The biscuits, okay. And and you masturbate in, into them. Into them. And, Ew. And, Ew. and their gravy is very potent because of their diet. And um, it's, a, it's arousing. Oh, man, nothing like steak, coffee, and cheese. <laughs> That's what gets me going. Oh, boy. Biscuits and gravy, guy. Anyone else oh has that? That was gold. You <laughs> almost took my word for word. <laughs> Except for the grumbly voices at the end. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. Okay. Jess, um, I need to recoup. <laughs> so this one actually ha- takes place at one of my favorite restaurants. It's called the Cracker Barrel. I love yeah! Cracker Barrel! Thank you. I'm shocked that they don't have any out here in Los Angeles. Really There's one in Vegas. Tra- you got to know. <sighs> that is not Los Angeles. It's not. It's fine. It's not. <laughs> it's, it's not. Um, those of you who don't know Cracker Barrel, there is a lovely little restaurant in, in the back of a lovely little, well, I guess it's a restaurant with a little shop. Gift shop of sorts? Yes. There's a little gift shop up front where you can get maple can. It's delightful. Anyway, so pretty much what you do is, this is generally for the um, over over 55 crowd, I would say. Um, uh, so pretty much they go and like a honeymoon, they rent out all of Cracker Barrel. Good. That's what you would do. And um, they have a select few people who are waiting on them. And pretty much it's um, eating biscuits and gravy off of each other. So you just like douse the entire body in gravy. Oh, gross. And then put biscuits on the important parts. And then just like <laughs> nibbling your way through. Oh, and once one person's done, then you swap. And then the other person gets a chance to eat dinner. And <laughs> then... So hungry. So it's completely non so hungry. You're just eating dinner. <laughs> off of, they continue to the same. And then... <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, um, after you take a nap because they're senior citizens and have just had a large meal, um, they do it in the Cracker Barrel on one of those um, on their on the crack on the um, on the crack rocker on the rocking chair on the rocking chair on the checkers table on the checkers table with the little barrel. triangle they use the triangles as like foreplay Ooh, too just a plain ignoramus. <laughs> oh man, I like that your last two involved fine cuisine. It was followed up with sex. Guys, I'm hungry. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> the chicken was a chicken. <laughs> and potato wedges. We never potatoes. ate the mashed potatoes. What? Neither of us ate the mashed potatoes. No, I think no. we were both too embarrassed. Well, check out our website, snatch22podcast.com. You can find all of our social media through there and be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and all that fantastic shit. Also, be sure to subscribe to Snatch22 on iTunes and Podbean and leave us a little reviewsy-woozy if you like. Next week, we'll be reading the remaining chapters of Tenderwings of Desire and might have a little surprise for you. Thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode of Snatch22 Podcast. I'm Croy. I'm Tatiana. I'm Jess. See you next week. Be sure to come for the books. <laughs>